Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. And uh, we're continuing with this that we've been on over a number of weeks now, the walk of faith. And uh, the Lord said to um, my wife, uh, he said to her, he said, you are entering into a season that's going to require the walk of faith. And uh, when we were looking at that and discussing what the Lord had said, that word require just kept jumping out to me. And, you know, it's not, uh, he's saying that because there are things that he wants to bring to us in this upcoming year, but it's going to require faith to access it. It's going to require faith to receive it. Uh, Three times in the New Testament, we're told that the just live by faith. One time in the Old Testament. Uh, we're told in uh, right here in 2 Corinthians that we are to walk by faith. 22 different times in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible talks about what the heroes of the Hall of Fame of Faith did by faith. And so, obviously, faith is an important thing with God. But uh, the walk of faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the Apostle Paul says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. Uh, One translation says we regulate our lives by faith, right? Amplified. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction, which is our faith. And then notice that the end of that verse says, not by something seen. So we regulate our lives. Faith is how we regulate our lives. And and that that regulate, that word regulate, is referring to a, a, a machine or a piece of equipment and you regulate it so you can operate it safely and correctly. All right? You know, there, there are people that it's not that they don't try to operate their faith. They, they're not operating it correctly. All right? Faith always works. Galatians 5, 7 says faith works. All right? It works by love. But it always works. And uh, so he said, we walk by faith. We regulate our lives by faith. Now, I've made this statement over this series. A lot of times people read that and they focus on the end part. We walk by faith, not by sight. And they think that not walking by sight is walking by faith. Well, not walking by sight is involved, but that's not the whole of walking by faith. All right? Because what a lot of people call not walking by sight is denial. It's mental assent. It's head knowledge. It's not faith. And they'll make statements like, well, I'm not paying attention to that. You better or your faith won't work. If if you're not paying attention to what you need, I don't worry about my needs. I just got faith they'll all be taken care of. How would you know if they're all taken care of and you don't know what you need? How would you know? See, then you become the lady that was just stuffing her bills under the rug, calling it faith. No, a literal physical lady. Not somebody I heard about, a lady I knew. A dumb lady I knew. I'm not being ugly. I mean, it was the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. Husband giving her the bills every every week to pay, and she's putting them under the rug, stepping on them. It's under my feet. It's under my feet. Sure is. And then the lights went out. And the husband said, what happened? 
I gave you these bills to pay. Oh, I've been believing God. I don't know what she was spending money on. McDonald's, I guess. But you, you understand why, why I'm saying that? Because there was a need and I'm going to exercise faith. I'm not moved by that. I'm exercising faith. Well, she wasn't walking by sight, but she wasn't walking by faith. Now, that's an extreme example. But you see people do that consistently on less extreme things. Hallelujah. We're going to get into that today. There are people that won't tell you what's wrong because they don't want to have a bad confession. Like your situation intimidates your faith. Faith is not intimidated by whatever you're going through. The word of God is not intimidated by what you're going through. Amen. Hebrews 11. We'll get into that. Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe I shouldn't have said dumb. Maybe I should just should have said that's ignorance going to seed. That would have been better. But nonetheless, you get the picture. Well, it's like when I, I broke my arm when I was uh, eight, I think, eight years old, I broke my right arm and fell. We, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma in a meeting and I, I fell in the bathroom and broke my arm. And I, I, I came out to my dad and I'm like, it's not broke. Well, sure enough, it's bent right in the middle. You know, it's bent right. Yeah, sure enough. It, yeah, it's not. It's not broke. It's not. Sure enough, it's broke. Right? Amen. Had to go get it fixed. You understand? Now, now here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you got to pay attention to every circumstance and react physically to every circumstance or naturally. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is every circumstance that you're going to deal with has a natural bent to it. Everything. If you're believing God for physical healing, there's a natural manifestation that stems from that physical thing that you're dealing with. If you just try to deny it and say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's not even a confession. That's not even a Bible-based confession. You've got to say something that the Bible says. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. He took my sicknesses and carried my diseases, and with his stripes, I'm healed. But somebody will go, how you doing? You look like you don't feel well. I feel fine. Don't tell me I don't feel bad. I have faith. Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, you just proved it, didn't you? Sure, uh, you got a lot of love to back up that faith. Woo. See, they think that's faith. That's not faith. That's denial. That's them white knuckling it, trying to make something happen. I have faith. If you've got to do that, you don't know what faith is. If you make faith hard, you're not operating it. It, we walk, we regulate our lives by faith. And it's not hard to do for the believer. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and we could say yet, by the, 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 the placement of the words, it's the evidence of things not seen yet. So we, we went over this, and I'll, I'll try to uh, go quickly over it. Faith, the word faith is the Greek word that means the conviction of the truth of anything or being convinced that something is true. All right. So faith is conviction. 
It's being convinced. It's being certain. That's why the Amplified Bible, we read it. It says that, that faith is being convinced. All right, we, we, don't, we regulate our lives by faith. We regulate our lives by our conviction, not by something seen. And so it's being convinced. So faith, this conviction, is the substance. That's the word a thing placed under, a substructure, a foundation. All right, faith, being convinced, is what I stand on. That, that's why we say faith is a standing on, it's not a hanging on. All right, faith is not something you hang on to, faith is something you stand on. All right, it's the substructure, it's the foundation, something that's placed under you. So this conviction is the substance, a thing placed under a substructure, of things hoped for, and that's not what we're focusing on today, but you've got to have a picture. You've got to have an expectation. You've got to have a goal. You've got to have a vision, all right? Because faith gives substance. One translation says, faith is giving substance to the thing that you're hoping for. Where a lot of people miss it in their faith walk is they don't have a picture. They don't have anything to attach their faith to. If you don't have a picture, there's nothing to attach your faith to. Well, bless God, I'm healed. Based on what? Well, what the Word said, what does it say? And even that's not enough. Do you have a picture of yourself that way? You need to spend more time cultivating the Scripture a lot of times than trying to find all the Scriptures you can find thinking that for much Scripture speaking, you're going to receive. You can speak all the scriptures you want, but if you're not building an image, there's nothing to attach your faith to. Amen. Yeah. Well, I'm the healed of the Lord. Do you see yourself that way? Well, the Bible says it. That doesn't mean you see yourself that way. There are things the Bible says that you don't necessarily see yourself that way. There are things that belong to you that you won't necessarily receive because they're received by faith. And you can't, you can't jump the line. You can't cause faith to be the receiver when faith doesn't know what it's supposed to be receiving. Amen. Amen. Well, by faith, I have it. If you have it by faith, then you have it. Right. All right. In, in, in churches, a lot of times, somebody will say, uh, brother, do you have such and such? Yes, sir, by faith. What they mean is this. Not really. But I'm hoping. Well, hoping without faith produces nothing. Faith without hope produces nothing. You got to cultivate the image. I see me as this. And you're cultivating that. See that for that conviction to come. I see me as healed. I see me as blessed. I see me as whatever. When you see yourself that way, all right, then faith has something to bring. Faith is the receiver. Faith is the bringer. Faith is the hand that reaches into the faith realm and produces in the natural realm what you have a picture of. If you don't have a picture of it, there's nothing for faith to go get. 
And what I see a lot of times is people are real quick to, to get in, I say get in the Word, find some scriptures that they think is going to produce what they want and they don't really know what they want. I've prayed for sick people before and they'd say, well, I just want to feel well. I just want to feel better. Well, feeling better is important, but what do you, I mean, how do you see yourself feeling better? What would that picture be? Well, for the, to see yourself feeling better, you'd have to see yourself healed. So you want to see yourself healed, not just feeling better. Amen. You take enough drugs, you'll feel better. Yeah. But is that the picture you want? Of being dependent upon that medicine, that painkiller the rest of your life? Or dependent on this other thing or another the rest of your life? If that's where you're at right now, there's no shame in it. But you got to get yourself a picture of being free from that. Well, how do I do that? Well, if you're healed, there'll be no pain. If there's no pain, there's no reason for a painkiller. Amen. Amen. When I'm convinced, now, then I have faith. And he said, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. That word is proof. It means proof. So, so think about this. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the end result is proof. It says being convinced is proof. People have hands laid on them and they'll say, well, praise God, the Lord healed me tonight. No, he didn't. He healed you over 2,000 years ago. You just received it tonight. Amen. Now, this is important. When the symptoms go away is not when you got healed. You got healed when you believed it. Amen. That's when you received it. That's the proof. It, it doesn't say the proof is feeling better. Right. Or the proof is plenty of money in your account. Or the proof is all your children saved. Or the proof is whatever. The proof is when you believed it. When were you convinced? And, and if I've seen something over the years, is it's those two areas that people don't like to spend enough time in. They don't like to spend time to be convinced, and they don't like to spend time to get a picture. Amen. Well, if you're going to be convinced, it takes time. If you're going to get a picture, it takes time. Can't circumvent that. Oh, hallelujah. So when I'm convinced something is true... Faith has come. And once faith has come, I have a foundation, something placed under me. And once faith has come, I now have proof. Because faith has come. So proof is not seeing it in the natural. Proof is being convinced of it in my spirit. Amen. Now, let's go to 2 Peter 1. Because there are spiritual additives... That must be in faith. Must be in, in order for faith to function at the highest level in my life. And uh, in, uh, in my book, Every Day is a Faith Day, I, uh, I wrote about this beginning in chapter 9. And uh, 
I'm not going to take the time to read it, but uh, I, I told a couple different stories in this, this book uh, that had a lot to do with, uh, with what we're teaching on today. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, And beside this, giving all diligence. Now that is translated different ways in different translations. Uh, make every effort, all right, to add to your faith virtue, which is, is moral strength, and, and here we are, to virtue, knowledge. This, this is where we'll teach today. He says that we have to add knowledge to our faith, all right? The word knowledge means awareness. It means an intelligence or insight. Add to your faith. So notice, this, this is an additive to my faith. So he, he's, he's, he's implying that every believer has faith. And he says, if you have faith, then you've got to add these things to it. In other words... It's, it's not just going to happen. I've got to do it. All right? Amen. Faith will be limited when it lacks knowledge. A lady came up to Brother Hagin one time, and she said, uh, Brother Hagin, uh, I need you to agree in prayer with me about something. And he said, well, what is it? And she said, do I have to tell you? And he said, I'm not praying if you don't. Well, think about that. I want you to pray with me about something. Well, what is it? Well, do I have to tell you? Well, how am I going to exercise faith about something I don't know? Right? Now, Knowledge doesn't hinder faith. Knowledge adds to your faith. Hallelujah. There was a lady one time in the, in the um, church, and I knew she was facing some physical things. And I went to her and I asked her, I said, uh, you know, how are you doing with this? And she said, oh... I don't want to say, I don't want to make a bad confession. Okay. I asked another guy, I said, he was in the prayer line. I said, brother, how, how, how are you doing? And I said, have you been to the doctor about this? He said, no, I, I haven't been to the doctor. I don't want to get a bad report. Huh. Now, whether, whether we, we want to admit it or not, Everybody under the sound of my voice has been there. Because you got a hold of the teaching on the power of your words. And when something bad came up, you didn't want to voice it because you didn't want to make a bad confession. Or you went to the doctor and the doctor said, this is what you have. And you were tempted to go, no, I don't. I don't receive that. Well, receive it or not, sweetheart, it's there. And I've had people tell me, well, bless God, I don't have to take it. No, please don't take it, but it's there. 
You hear me? That knowledge did not intimidate your faith. Yeah, but I don't like to talk about bad things. Well, don't talk about bad things. Talk about good things. But you can't deny what's there. Right? Listen, if you're eating a chocolate bar and you come in church and you got chocolate all over your mouth and I go, hey, brother, you got chocolate all around your mouth. I don't receive that. I'm not taking that. Why are I chocolate face? Just go on and go to church then. At least go look in the mirror and see if it's there. And if it's there, then what can you do? You can take your faith and fix it. Right? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Do, do you see this? Knowing what's going on won't hinder your faith. Very often, it'll enable us to focus our faith on exactly what needs to be done, exactly what needs to happen. Amen. Now, listen, I'm not one of these people that run to the doctor. I, I just don't. That's just me. You do whatever you want to do. I don't run to the doctor. If I get up and I don't feel good, I don't think go to the doctor. Amen. I think get rid of this. Now, that, that's where I'm at. I, I don't care what it is. People say, have you had this test? Have that test? Haven't had a test? Don't plan to get a test? Don't plan to need a test? I don't mind telling you I'll never have it. Amen. That's where I'm at. You got to do whatever you got to do. But here, here's my point. But I do go to the doctor. Amen. Amen. I had something not too long ago. It was just stubborn. You ever had something stubborn in your life besides your husband? <laughs> I didn't say anything about your wife. I'm smarter than that. I'm not a stupid man. Right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Jamie says, I'm not stubborn. Hallelujah. Don't you believe a word of it. But anyway, I... Anyway, anyway, it, it was something minor, but have you ever had something minor just agitating? Just what in the world, right? Amen. Well, I'll tell you what it was. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's no big deal. It's not private or anything. I had this, this like this redness that kept coming up on my nose. I mean, sometimes I'd get ready for church and it's like, dear Lord, Rudolph's got nothing on me. You got to go to Dillard's and get some cover that'll match the shade, you know. <laughs> Didn't want to be that guy. I was, I was watching a preach on TV one time, and, and his ears or her ears and her neck was all a different color, and her face was a different color. And I was looking at it, it was like a face floating uh, like a hologram, you know. And I thought, I, I don't want that to be me. Hallelujah. But you know, sometimes you, you remember what they had to do to Rudolph? They had to take that mud and put it on his nose. Sometimes you had to do that. Glory to God. Oh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And I went to the doctor. You know, now, now listen to me. And, and I went to the doctor. I got a good Christian doctor. And, and, and I was talking to him. And, and he said, is there anything else? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this. He looked at it. He said, oh, I got that covered. Gave me some cream. Haven't had no problem since. I, you're looking at my nose, I can tell. Well, I don't have makeup, so. But my point is, my point is, 
I didn't hesitate to go to the doctor. Amen. Well, what if he'd have said something bad? Well, what if he had of? Faith is not moved by the measure of difficulty that you may be facing. Because faith is, let me, let me say it this way. Faith is equal to the tasks, no matter the task. All right? And so somebody will go to the doctor and they'll get a minor report and they're like, oh, praise God. Well, yeah, hallelujah. I knew it was going to go that way. Oh, glory to God. And then they might go to the doctor and get a bad report. And they're like, oh, dear God, what are we going to do? You're, you're, you're going to maintain, you're going to use the faith you have for both of them. The knowledge didn't intimidate your faith. Well, listen, Ephesians 6, what does it say? Take the shield of faith above all, out in front of all, in front of everything. Take the shield of faith wherewith you will be able to quench 99%. What? What? Oh, help me out. What? All the fiery darts of the wicked one. So it doesn't matter what he sets the arrow on fire with. If you'll keep faith out in front of you, it will extinguish every arrow. But, but, but what's your job? Here it is. What's your job? What's your job? Take your faith. Put your faith out in front of you. Is that right? Notice what it didn't say. Not just your confession, your faith. Well, this is what I'm confessing. But what do you believe? You can be confessing something you don't believe. What do you believe? Do, do, do you hear me? Hallelujah. A lot of people have their confession out there. This is my confession. But where's your faith? You got to spend time building your faith. Confession is born of faith, not the other way around. You got to believe in your heart. Watch. You got to believe in your heart and then what? When, when did confessing come in? After the what? So what did you confess? What you believed. If any man will say to the mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart that what he says comes to pass. What came first? Believing. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We have believed, therefore we have. What came first? You got to spend time getting the picture. You got to spend time believing something. You got to spend time being convinced and then start saying what you're convinced. Confession is part of your faith, but it's not your faith. See, and that's where, am I helping you with this? And, and that's where people miss it. Well, the doctor said this, but that's not my confession. Well, I don't want your confession to be what the doctor said, but don't think that just because that's not your confession means that you have faith about that. If, if I say this, and you hear people say this, how you doing, brother? I'm the healed of the Lord. Based on what? what see, what do you believe? I'm, I'm not knocking that. I'm trying to get you to, to go back to, okay, what do I believe? If, I, if, if you've ever had, oh, Lord. 
I'm going to say this so many ways we're going to get it. If you've ever had what people call a faith failure, I don't know if you've ever had them. I've, and, 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 and I've, I've got an extensive study on how there are really no faith failures because faith doesn't fail. Because it's God's faith. God, nothing of God can fail. But here's the, here's the issue. Here's the issue. If you've ever had what people call a faith failure and you ever went back and investigated why it didn't work, you'll find some of these things. Right? You'll find some of these things. I was trying to confess my way into something I didn't believe. Right. Or something like that. You, right? Right? Well, I'm the healed of the Lord. Do, do you believe that? Well, of course I believe it. I'm saying it. That not necessarily. Oh, ladies, ladies, help me. When, when you were younger, or even maybe now. Now, it's mostly ladies that had this happen. Have, were you ever with a guy? And he said, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. Right? And he loved you. He loved you because he wanted something. Am I right? Was he saying, I love you? I said, was he saying, was he saying, I love you? Did he believe he loved you? Right? You want the guy that says, I love you because he believes he loves you. And you want him to take time getting his believer right. And then when you stand, if you come to church here, you stand before me and God. And him and God and her and God. Y'all believe you love each other. You have faith. You know you're not just saying. Because here's what happens to just saying when the pressure gets on. It crumbles like a $2 watch. Faith is the victory. Right? And I'm speaking what I believe. And then when I'm speaking what I believe, what I believe is in what I'm speaking. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? And so it's, it's, it's important that you're believing and speaking. Oh, look at Mark chapter 9. I, I want to show you a couple things from the ministry of Jesus. I think he'd be a good example. Mark chapter 9, this is when Jesus had come down from the mountain and uh, the uh, religious leaders and the people were questioning the disciples. And notice Jesus comes in. And, and let's, let's start in verse 20. They brought the boy to him, to Jesus. When he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Notice, and he asked his father, how long ago is it since this came to him? And he said, of a child. Now, I want you to see something. This, this may seem inconsequential, Jesus is asking a question. Why is Jesus asking a question? He don't know the answer. See, you, a lot of times people hinder their faith because they see things like this and either Jesus was carrying on, you know, he really knew the answer, 
He was just playing. Or he didn't know the answer. He didn't know the answer. Amen. He was accessing knowledge. See, people will say certain things about things they're dealing with. It doesn't matter how long you've had it. That doesn't hinder your faith. Amen. He wanted to know how long that boy had been this way. Now, why would he ask if it wasn't important? Why would he ask if it wasn't important to know? Jesus, in effect, is saying to the Father, no matter how long this has been there, to a believing one, it's possible. Right? Now think about this for a moment. People will come and they'll say, well, the doctor said, I've only got this long. Well, now hear me. That knowledge doesn't change anything. If they said you got a week, faith can change it. Amen. See, it's what you believe. It's not what you're faced with. What do you believe? That's, that's why I remember the man said, if you can do anything, right? Help us. And Jesus, in the Greek, he said, he, he made the statement... He said, as for this question of yours, if I can do anything, I'm a believing one and all things are possible to a believing one. Amen. Is that right? Oh, glory. Look, look at verse uh, 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, You deaf and dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter no more into him. Now people will preach, see, Jesus knew. How did Jesus know? How did Jesus know it was a spirit? Could it be because verse 17 says that the man said, My son has a dumb spirit? What I'm, listen, what I'm trying to, to, to get across to you, I'm not trying to tell you that Jesus didn't know or that whatever. Here's what I'm trying to say. Unless he was operating in the discerning of spirits or unless the Holy Spirit told him, he was operating as a man. And he knew what he knew because the Father told him. But it didn't intimidate him. Amen. It didn't change what faith produced. Do, do you see this? Never forget, Jesus had to use his faith. And never forget this. Every person that got healed under Jesus' ministry used their faith. Everybody. Well, there were multitudes that, that he just spoke the word and all of them were healed. But you can't, you can't bypass what the word says, how you receive. You receive everything by faith. The fact that they were there was evidence they believed what Jesus was and who he was. And they could receive. Je Notice, Jesus' faith was not intimidated by the fact that this child, who was older now, had had this since he was a boy. A child, a little child. The knowledge didn't change anything. 
But I've asked people before, what the doctors say? Well, I don't want to say. Well, why? Well, I don't want to make a bad confession. Don't want to make, you know, give voice to a bad report. Or you're afraid. I'm not saying you. I'm saying if I was talking to that person. I, I told a pastor that one time, a minister. I was in his house in Florida. And his, his, uh, his wife was talking to me about things that he was facing. Now, now watch. This man would be driving down the road and lose sight. Driving and lose sight. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about walking to the bathroom and lose sight. I mean driving. I was in that meeting and he asked me to drive everywhere. Would you drive? I'll drive. Yes. After he told me what was going on. Yes. Give. Yes. Yes. I'll keep the keys. <laughs> Amen. And he wouldn't go to the doctor. And I talked to him. I said, why don't you go to the doctor? You got to do something. Ah, you know how doctors are. I said, you're afraid. I said, you're afraid of what they'll find. Well, I, knew, I knew his silence was agreement. You know, to my knowledge, he never went to the doctor for that. He died with it. Why? Did, did he have faith? He did have faith. He was afraid of knowledge. Amen. Somebody have a chest pain. Oh, well, you need to go to the doctor for that. Oh, you know how doctors are. How are they? Well, you know, they're going to want, they're going to want you to do something that might help you. But people will not go and call it faith when it's fear. If you're in faith, going to the doctor don't bother you. Mm-hmm. Well, if they give me a bad diagnosis, well, you could be healed of it by the time you go back. Well, if they tell me they don't know what it is, you can still be healed of it, even if they don't know what it is. God knows what it is. They don't, maybe, but God does. The, the, the knowledge doesn't intimidate your faith. Amen. Whew. Look at John chapter 11. When, when fear leaves is when you're convinced. Fear leaves when you're convinced. In, in, in John chapter 11, verse 1, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he that you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not in death, but for the glory of God the Son of God might be glorified thereby. The uh, Amplified Bible says, this sickness is not to end in death. But on the contrary, uh, basically, it will give glory to God when He gets healed. But notice, 
This was Jesus' statement of faith in response to the information he received. That won't end in death. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, Lazarus isn't sick. Or don't say that. That's a bad confession. Is that right? Most of the time, it's not the knowledge people have of the situation that hurts their faith. It's their natural reasoning that hurts their faith. Not the knowledge of the situation. Think about that. You go to the doctor. You, you don't feel well. And he says, oh, it's just a bad case of the flu. You go, oh, But that same person goes to the doctor and he goes, yeah, it's cancer. What's the difference? Well, cancer will kill you. Yeah, thousands of people are going to die this year because of the flu, too. They'll both kill you. Or can, right or wrong. So, so what's the difference? Human reasoning. One I can get a shot for. The other one's a death sentence. You understand? Human reasoning. Glory to God. You know, when Mark Hankins took Trina Hankins to the doctor having those problems, and, and they examined her, and they found a brain tumor. They didn't say she don't have a brain tumor. They didn't say we don't receive that report. They stood in faith. And what happened? They went in to do the surgery, and the tumor was gone. Yeah, but she had to go through the surgery. Who cares? The tumor was gone. Amen. When pastor, my pastor woke up in the middle of the night and Miss Jeannie was having a convulsions and, 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 and uh, having a seizure next to him and he took her to the doctor and they found a tumor on top of her brain the size of a man's hand that had been growing for over 20 years. They didn't say there's no tumor there. Amen. They, they had the procedure and it went as as easy as it could be expected to go, and it was perfect. Amen. Now see, this is important. Because faith is not intimidated by knowledge. Right. You hear me? Faith is not intimidated by knowledge. Well, brother, how you doing? Well, you know, you know we're, uh, we're believing God. For what? What are y'all believing for? Well, you know... Uh, well, you know, we got a situation. Well, what is it? Well, you know, we're facing a little, uh, you know, little, little tightness in our finances. What do you mean, tightness? What, what, what are you talking about? Well, I don't want to say we don't have enough. Well, is that the problem? Right. Well, yeah, you know. Okay, now we got something to work with. Amen. Mm. Jesus had knowledge and knew how to pray. He knew how to believe. 
Now, if you read on in this verse, I want you in this in this chapter, I want you to see something. Uh, verse eleven. These things he said, and after that he said to his unto him them his disciples, "Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep." Then his disciples said, "Lord, if he sleeps well, he'll do. If he sleeps, he does well." Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. They thought he'd sp- spoken of taking a rest in sleep. Now watch. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now I've heard people try to sugarcoat that. Well, saying he's dead is different than he died. How? <laughs> he died, so he's dead. Why did he die? Because he was sick. Why didn't Jesus hurry and get there? Maybe he couldn't. But what, what was his faith statement? Help me out. What was his faith statement? This sickness will not end in death. He didn't say he wouldn't die. He said that won't be the end. Should we read that again? Verse 4, this sickness is not unto death. The Amplified Bible, this sickness will not end in death. But then down here in verse uh, 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 14, he said he's dead. Right? Now I'm glad it was Jesus operating his faith and not the disciples. But here's my point. Notice he wasn't intimidated. When he got word that he was sick, Notice what he didn't do. He's not sick. Nope, don't say that. No, don't make that bad confession. No, 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 no. He said, that's okay. This is how it'll end up. Amen. Faith, what does faith do? Faith does what? Calls things that be not as though they were. Faith speaks the end of a thing from the beginning of a thing. Amen. When is faith? We, we, we say this. When is faith? Faith is, yeah. faith is, So if you have faith now, what do you have now? You have it now. What do you have it now? You have what you're believing for now. How do you have it? By faith. If you got it by faith, you got it. Amen. Now, we're on down here in verse 34. We have no evidence that Jesus knew Lazarus was sick before they came and told him. Well, Pastor, I just believe that Jesus knew everything. Whew. That's okay. I mean, for you to do that, that's all right for you to believe that. But then you got to believe Jesus was playing a mind game with a lot of people. Mark 11, look, look at verse 34. And he said, where have you laid him? Why didn't he know? Why did he have to come and ask? Because he didn't know. What's he accessing? Knowledge. What, what knowledge did he already have? He's dead. Now he's got knowledge. Not only is he dead, he's buried. He's four days in the grave. Right? They said, well, come and see. Verse 40. Jesus said to her, to Martha, did I not say if you would believe, you should see the glory of God? Hmm. 
Notice verse 25. What did he say to, uh, uh, this was Mary in verse 40. What did he say to Martha? He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You see where his mind is? Doesn't matter if he did die. He's going to live. Hallelujah. Verse 41, they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. That you have heard me. Do you see that? That you have heard me. When did he hear him? When he prayed. When did he pray? After they told him what was going on. Right? And, and what was the answer? This won't end in death. And I know you hear me always because of the people that stand by I said it that they may believe you've sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Oh, hallelujah. What, what was that? That was the physical manifestation of what Jesus received when they came and told him Lazarus was sick. This sickness will not end in death. Amen. But notice the knowledge that he was sick and the knowledge that he had died didn't move Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. So that's a good place to understand that what you may be dealing with is not the way it's going to end. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Right? And, and, and faith is not intimidated by what you may be dealing with. Look, look here at Matthew 9, Matthew chapter 9. I'm almost done. Matthew 9 and verse 18. While he spake these words, there came unto the things unto them. Behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is right now dead. Hmm. But come and lay your hands on her and she'll live. Is that right? But notice how he started it out. My daughter's dead. Now Mark and Luke leave us with the, the understanding that, that Jairus came and said she's sick. She's about to die. Mark says at the point of death. But, but nonetheless, either way, Here's, here's the point. We see two things. He makes a statement of faith. If you come, she'll live. And Jesus, notice, he said she's dead. And Mark says, Jesus said, oh, I'll come. Didn't intimidate Jesus at all. You see? He had knowledge that she's dead. But it didn't intimidate him. It didn't intimidate his faith. I, I, I'm saying this enough, I hope. Your faith is not intimidated by your circumstance. Your faith doesn't draw back. We draw back. That's what the scripture says. It says don't be like those that draw back. Right? You keep your faith out there. Now, notice. Mm, glory. 
See, faith doesn't need to be kept in the dark. Not know what's going on. I've had husbands talk to me having problems in their marriage. And I'd say, well, your wife feels like you're keeping things from her. Well, pastor, you know I do because, you know, I just don't want her to worry. So you're hiding stuff. How can she put any faith in you when you're hiding things from her? Amen. It's better to just go, look, I'm, boy, I blew it. And here's the evidence. Then hide it. At the very least, you can get in there and work on it. Your faith doesn't need to be kept in the dark. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Now, Now, look at verse 24. He said unto them, give place, the maid's not dead, but sleepeth. Now, that, that's important. What did he receive when he exercised her, his faith, her life? Jesus had it by faith. And notice, he said, she's not dead, but she sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. When the people were uh, put forth, he went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose. Hmm. That's an elementary verse, but where did that start? My daughter's dead. Okay, I'll come heal her. Yeah, but the doctor said I had this. Okay, God will heal it. Yeah, but my finances are this. Okay, God will fix it. Hallelujah. That's really a freeing thing because there are people trying to operate their faith on partial knowledge. Pastor, I just don't feel good. Have you went to the doctor? I don't want to go to the doctor. Then your faith's going to be hindered. If you're declaring the word and things aren't moving, you need to go find out why things aren't moving. Well, I get up and I'm dizzy. Well, why are you dizzy? Well, I don't know. Well, what did the doctor say? Oh, pastor, you know. No, I don't know. What's the doctor say? Well, you know how doctors are. I mean, they always give you the worst possible report. No, they don't. That's a lie. You see how your natural reasoning is stopping you? Amen. Do I got time to say something else? You know, back, back in, in 2020, in the pandemic, when all that was starting, I, I never saw such a hubbub over nothing. And, and, and I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about people getting vaxxed. Much ado about nothing. You say, why do you say that? If you want it, get it. If you don't, don't. If you get it, use your faith. If you don't, use your faith. I mean, right? Hallelujah. I got got friends of mine that will talk with almost a snarl in their lips. And I'm not running them down. I'm just saying almost a snarl on their lips about people that get vaxxed. I didn't tell them I got vaxxed. I don't want them snarling at me. Right. 
And I, I've had Christians ask me, and if I was truthful with them and told them, some people, I just, I, it's nobody's business, really. But here's the thing. They, they'll look at you like, like you sinned, like you don't have no faith. Well, listen, here's the thing. I was saying before that, I'll, I'll never have it, never did have it, never will have it. And I will not have it, not because I got a shot, but because that's what I believe. Amen. Amen. Now don't fall off the bandwagon with me. You were shouting real good a minute ago. You have a right to do whatever you want. I exercise my right as an American to do what I wanted. You understand? Now, if, if it's a forced thing, that's a totally different ball game. But you know what it was? But much ado about nothing. And people turned it into a big issue. Well, I don't want to go to the doctor. They'll make me take a COVID test. What are you afraid of? What if they lie to me and say it was positive? Then that's on them. I mean... See, people mess their faith up. They mess their faith up. Do you see? Am I helping you? Well, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want them to do this, and I don't want them to do that. And I, okay, then you got to answer a question. Do you really have faith to not go? If you can't honestly say yes, you better go. Lady came up to Charles Capps one time and said, uh, Brother Charles, uh, do you think I need to go to the doctor for this? He said, Lady, the fact that you're asking means yes. You need to go. Well, what if, what if I, and I'll just use that, what if I come back a positive test? Then you can start speaking to your immune system. Your immune system is intelligent. You can start speaking to your immune system and command those antibodies to rise up against that COVID, that COVID virus and kill it and run it out of your body. Amen. That's what I do. Every day of the world, I tell my immune system to respond instantly to any trespasser on my blood system because it knows what to do. Amen. People got all up in arms and a vaccine, the only thing it's doing is teaching your immune system how to respond to that outside force. And there are people that don't believe that, and you've got to believe whatever you've got to believe. But you get over in your conspiracy theories and you hurt your faith. You've got to know what you believe and why you believe it. Amen. So that's a good place to say this year, Every disease, every germ, every virus that touches my body will die instantly in Jesus' name. Now that's based on the fact that he carried my diseases and bore my sicknesses. And with his stripes I am and I was healed. So if I am healed, sickness is a trespasser. Let me finish with this. 1 John 5, 4. And you know the scripture. But it says, faith is the victory. It, 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 it says, whatsoever is born of God. 
preposition of. Whatever's born of God. You are of God. Overcomes the world. Might overcome or does overcome. And this is the victory. That overcomes the world. Our faith. Do you see this? I don't have to know what it is to be healed. Because faith is the victory. I don't have to know what it is to be healed, yet not knowing won't hinder my faith. Not knowing, or yet knowing will not hinder my faith. The Reese Bible says this is a victory that has come off victorious over the world. Our faith already has. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? I, uh, years ago, our uh, second daughter was born. And when she was born, she was, uh, there were some issues when she was born. And, and she was a very sick little girl for a little while. And uh, I had some friends that came from Tennessee to visit us. They, they wanted to come and see the baby. And they were faith people. And uh, they were at our house, staying at our house, the house we had at the time. And uh, they were using, uh, of course, the, the guest restroom. And uh, when they were there, for whatever reason, they went snooping in my medicine cabinet. Not that I care, but the, the, the point is, they, they told people behind our back two things. They said, there's two reasons that little girl got sick. Number one, they got insurance. Number two, they take medicine. That's, that's why my daughter got sick. Well, you know, I mean, other than just slapping them, I mean, there wasn't anything you could do, you know. So I just didn't mess with it. But, you know, here, here's the thing. My daughter, now this was years ago. Angela will soon be 30 years old. Oh, my goodness. Whew. 20, 28. She'll be 28 next birthday. Wow. So anyway, so this is almost 30 years ago. I was working for Blue Cross when she was born. It was $45,000 for all the treatment she had. Amen. Well, you know, God was blessing us, but I didn't have 45000 just laying around. But I worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield Insurance. My insurance paid 100%. 45,000 dollars, I paid nothing. Now see, I'm thinking, that's a blessing. Amen. Amen. And, and, and think about this. Because I knew my insurance was going to pay 100 percent, I was not having to use any of my faith for finances. Amen. I used it all for her healing. And within seven days, the doctor said, this is our miracle, baby. We did nothing. She healed herself. And I said, no, sir, the God healed her. Amen. But, but do you see how people mistake faith? Amen. Amen. Your faith is, listen, if, if you're in here and you're taking medicine, your faith's not hindered by your medicine. Amen. Just not. Well, I just don't want to take these pills anymore. You'll get there. You'll get there. But you got to keep exercising your faith. Amen. One of the worst things you can do is throw your pills away and say, well, now I'm in faith. No, you're not. You're in human reasoning. 
If God tells you don't take them, then don't take them. But are you following me? I know this can seem elementary, but are you hearing from God? Is that God speaking to you? Or is that you wanting to feel like you have faith? I love Ron and Deborah. I love them like kids. My children. I don't mean that derogatorily. I love them like they're children of mine. I hope that I don't have to always try to be proving to them how much I love them. I really love you guys. I, I really love you. You believe me, right? You believe me. I, I love you. I love you. Right? Didn't that look ridiculous? I hope they have faith that I love them. Right? Without having to prove it. Well, I'm going to get rid of this medicine. And just, I'm, I'm, it's just right here. This is just, this is just where the rubber meets the road. Be careful. You can set yourself back. You set your faith back. Right? Why not just keep taking it as long as they prescribed it and speaking the word over it while you take it? Amen. Can I share one more story with you? You got time? I had a, a man that was, uh, had cancer in church I was assistant pastor at. And uh, he went and they diagnosed him with cancer and he felt led of the Lord to go ahead and take the treatment, the radiation treatment. And uh, so I located him and he was talking to me and we, we agreed. And here, here's what he said. He said, Pastor, they called me pastor, I was associate pastor. They said, this is what I believe, that... Uh, I can go through this radiation and I'm not going to lose my appetite. I'm not going to get sick and I'm not going to lose my hair. Amen. Well, that's where he's at. That's what he's believing. I can agree with that. Amen. He went through that round of, chem uh, of chemotherapy, went through that round of radiation. He never lost his appetite. He never got sick and never lost his hair. Every day after his chemotherapy appointment, he would walk across the street to uh, Taco Bell and get a grande burrito. <laughs> now that is faith. <laughs> the thunder rolls, my Lord. <laughs> and have faith that burrito, whoo. Are, are you following me? But he took chemotherapy. Yeah, but he ended up cancer-free. You know, the life of God can get in your medicine and make it work better. Amen. Now, if you don't believe you need medicine, then just stay in faith. But I'll close with this. Don't hurt somebody else Amen. by acting like if they take medicine, they're not in faith. Amen. Because I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to say this in very strong terms. You'll stand before God for that. Right. You'll stand before God for that. Amen. Because you hurt that person's faith. Yep. I don't know where you're at in faith. 
If I talk to you, I can locate you, but I don't know where you're at in faith. So I'm just telling you as your pastor, if you're believing God for things and you're taking medicine, you have prescriptions, this is what the doctors told you to do. Keep taking it. Keep taking it and keep declaring the word of God. This works to its highest ability in my life in the name of Jesus. And, you, and, 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 and eventually it'll show up. You'll have the victory. Amen. Let's stand up, shall we? Praise the Lord. You gave me a little extra time and I took it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's the whole pecking order thing. It's again, if, if you get out of here too early, it's the roundabout will be all messed up. The, the buffet will be all messed up. The, uh, the Baptist just got there. And they eat fast. So, yeah, probably so. But, 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 but the point is the Methodists were there before them and the Presbyterian were there before the Methodists. Pentecostals show up. We mess the whole thing up. Don't forget tonight we're going to be ministering on being carriers of the glory. So we're excited about what God's doing and then we're going to have a little get together afterwards. We won't keep you late tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, say it with me. The vision of our church will always be to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And you and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.